Welcome to This Academic Life, episode 45. If you're interested in being a sponsor, then please contact us at sponsor at thisacademiclife.org. Hi, my name is Kim Michelle Lewis. I'm a professor of physics and associate dean of research. Hi, I'm Pani Anuel. I'm a professor of mechanical engineering. Hi, my name is Lucy Zhang. I am also a professor of mechanical engineering. So today we're going to talk about mentorship. By definition, a mentor is an experienced and trusted advisor. Mentorship is the guidance provided by a mentor. Mentorship for me is a relatively new term after I joined workforce in the academic workforce. Before that, it was mostly people who are more senior to you. You ask them for opinions or advice. When I joined RPI at the beginning, our department implemented a new mentorship structure where the new faculty are mentored by a group of more senior faculty in the department. So these mentors were basically assigned to me and I was very happy about it because I felt like, well, I was relatively new in the department in order to learn about the culture, in order to learn about certain process, th these mentors would be very instrumental to the development of my career. I think some mentorships can be effective and some will not be so effective. So I thought I would ask all your experiences, um, how mentors have provided you guidance throughout your career, whether you even have mentors or not. Shed some light on your own experiences on mentorship. Yes, Lucy, mentors have been very important throughout my academic and personal life. I have different types of mentors. I have an academic mentor. I have a personal mentors, and I also have financial mentors. But in terms of the academic mentors, I have different types of academic mentors. I have a mentor that is more senior than me. I have a mentor that is at the same level as me. And then I have mentors that are even junior because some of them have great ideas about how to tackle things, fresh ideas that I tend to gravitate to. So I, I do think that having all of these mentors are important and understanding when they can be beneficial throughout your academic career is even more essential. Yeah, the same for me. I've had many mentors and I still have many mentors since I graduated. I have mentors that are within the institute that I'm currently in and there are some that are outside. They have more experience and they've been helping me through my various questions that I've had through my academic career. That's great. I think your experiences in regard to receiving advice or growth in your career are very effective. I'm assuming that you're receiving good advice and you build relationships with these mentors. For me, I would say is yes, but most of them, the successful one, they happen organically. So I don't think that the structured ones are working for me. We have in my department, 
when new faculty join, they assign them a group of three mentors. They get the input of the person too, but it's very structured. I want mentors that I can openly and freely talk with them and not going to these meetings and try to come up with things that I need to talk with them. <laughs> I don't like to have boundaries around these mentorship and my relationship with mentor. But maybe I'm a strange one. Maybe people, they prefer to have this structured mentorship. But for me, it doesn't work. I feel exactly the same way. In fact, one of the assigned mentors whom I consider is still my mentor, but it's not because she was assigned to me as a mentor. I had always viewed her as my mentor from the very beginning. And I just trust her. I trust her opinion. I tr trust her judgment. So no matter whether she was assigned to me or not, I would have gone to her for advice anyways. I don't like the structured ones either. I feel like they're too imposed. I can see if you really have nobody when you enter, you're so fresh as you enter into a brand new department and you knew nobody. I can see that giving you someone would be a plug for you. You're instantly plugged in through the access to your mentors. But I felt like for me, if it's mostly the procedure rather than the true meaning of mentorship, then it's not really a meaningful or successfully implemented mentorship. So that's my opinion too. So I recall in a time where I was told that I would be someone's mentor and I did make a face and I was like, I don't have anything to say to this person. And then I said, okay, let me just embrace it. Let me lean in. Before I met with them, I decided I would think about what I wish someone had told me when I started my academic career, because it was a junior faculty member that I was assigned to as a mentor. And so I went into the meeting, it was over lunch. And it was awkward and clunky. It was like, hi, my name is this. Hi, my name is that. Oh, where are you from? It was those small pleasantries. And I said, well, look, I'm just going to tell you what I think you should know and what I wish somebody had just told me right away. And so I just said it. And, it, and a lot of it was very personal and mostly about work-life balance. And I said, I just wish someone would have told me these things. And once I said that, the person just opened up and felt like, wow, you're a really <laughs> excellent mentor. Like this is, I mean, of course I didn't say I was an excellent mentor, but you could just see the light bulb went off and right away it just became a mutual friendship because I opened up and I said, this is what I wish somebody would have told me. And it didn't matter about whether or not we connected or we went to the similar school or from the same state. It just was about a common goal that we both were trying to obtain. I might have reached the goal slightly before him or her, but everyone in the academy who's starting out needed to know this information. And so I'm still very close friends with this person. And so I think sometimes maybe structure does work because the person who appoints you 
may see something that you may not see in yourself and may feel like you have something to offer to this person that I'm assigning you to and you just don't know it yet because they see your work ethics, they see you around campus, they know you do have something to offer and you just don't see yourself like that because you're busy in the grind, you're busy in the weeds. So I would say if you're offered the opportunity to mentor someone younger than you, I would say instead of making a face like I initially did, you should just try to embrace it and just see what happens. And of course, if it doesn't feel natural, it doesn't work out, I do think the most important thing is to tell the person who assigned you and not try to force it because then I think that really doesn't help the person, especially if they're trying to grow in their academic career and on the tenure track. I think you made a great point about how other people per may perceive you to be something or someone very differently, the skills that you may have and then you don't even know. Yeah, what I worry sometimes with junior faculty uh, coming into a new place is that when these mentors who are assigned to them don't necessarily have the mindset to be someone's mentor yet, I'm thinking they do it as a pure service rather than really spend the time to build a relationship or even care enough to share their own experiences with this mentee. Then at the end, it's not only a waste of time, but also a waste of this entire exercise. The mentee never really received the proper set of advice that he or she should be receiving at the end or needed in order to succeed. So then I view that as a failed mentor-mentee relationship. I think you brought a really good point for me. The most important thing is trust. I need to trust my mentors. I need to know that they are not judging me if I go to them with a problem. And my main problem with the structured mentoring within the department is that these senior faculty, they will be judging you for your tenure packet, for your promotions. And there is a layer of fear and that oh, I can't tell them exactly how I feel at the moment because they might look at it as a sign of weakness or you are not working hard enough. But outside the institution or even the department, it gives me the freedom to, to speak with them. And also, I know that if they are giving me advice, it's not for their own personal interest. It's something that they really care about me like I have so many mentors, but one of the mentors that I would never forget one night, it, uh, I had this crisis and it was 1130 and she asked me to call her 1130 at night to call her. And she talked to me till it was 1245 ish. She could have ignored me or she could have said, well, let's talk about it tomorrow or something, but she genuinely cared about me. And that's why I think that it's very important to have this good bond and relationship with your mentor and you can always rely on them and you know that they are selfless. They are not there for their own saying that check mark, I'm doing this service. They really care about your career and they want to give you advice. I agree. And also I want a trusted mentor to give me honest feedback 
We've been so sugar-coated all our lives. I feel like sometimes I just need a real honest opinion on this whatever paper or proposal I'm writing. I just want an honest one. I don't want you to just tell me, oh, yeah, you're doing fine. I don't need fine. I need real, <laughs> real opinion. So someone whom I would trust, who feel comfortable doing that. But honestly, that does take time. You don't just build that kind of bonding or relationship overnight. So even if these are assigned mentors who may be very good mentors at the end, I don't know about you guys, I would say for me to trust someone, <laughs> I need to first become their friend to, to share more in depth about personal stuff in order to feel that connection. It might take me months, who knows, it might take me years to really get to that point. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think it takes time and that's why I said that it needs to happen organically because these things, you cannot plan it. Oh, within this semester, I'm going to build a strong relationship with this mentor and let's see, this is my task one. Have a coffee with them every single day in the morning, like at eight o'clock in the morning. It's just like it needs, it takes time and it should be a two-way street. It can't be just one way that you fully trust them, but they don't trust you. I think that it takes a long time. Also, it takes a special personality to become a good mentor. Not everybody can be a good mentor. So Kim, you're in an administrative position. You are probably a mentor for many people. <laughs> so perhaps you can tell us, how do you become an effective mentor? You mentioned this example where you're being real, you're being genuine, you really want that person to succeed. You have other strategies to be a good mentor. I think what helps me to be a good mentor is my ability to be sensitive about their perspective. So. And, and to basically understand essentially their point of view. And also remember that I'm not too far removed from whatever they're experiencing. Sometimes people just wanna be heard. So as an administrator, as a scientist, my natural instinct is to respond with an immediate solution. And what I've learned is sometimes people really don't want an immediate solution. They just want to know that somebody said yes i agree with you and didn't just do a full stop and not really say well you, you should do this and you should do that it's just that yes i agree with you i can see how unfair that particular statement was and i think also what could make me a good mentor is that i leave my office i get out of my office i walk i go to the departments I leave my office for lunch. I make myself accessible. I make myself visible so that when people see me, they're not like all tense. And I think sometimes that's helpful to really get people to tell you what's going on. I found that when I leave my office and I go visit other departments, not with the intention of trying to figure out what they're doing or spying on them, air quotes, just saying, hey, I'll come and meet you in your lab. It's fine, I'm on my way to this place. And I started doing that. And initially people were like, 
why is she in this building? Like, what is she doing? Did someone send her to check on us? And it's like, no, I'm just here hanging out, just passing by. And then they became used to seeing me there. <laughs> and they started opening up. I think one thing that helped me along the way is the fact that I was exposed to so many different things growing up. And I think the volunteer experience really helped me meet people where they are. And it helps me relate to different aspects of what people are going through. And so I'm not gonna say mentoring comes naturally, but you have to be somewhat passionate about understanding someone else's concerns outside of your own. I totally agree with that. I think that's some characteristics that you have to have to be a good mentor. Anyone can be a mentor, but you may not be a good one without a certain being compassionate, for example. But what do we tell the people who are naturally not good mentors? Do Should we just tell them not to do this service Stop at all? It. Stop <laughs> it. You are causing more damage. <laughs> It's unfair, right? It's unfair to the junior faculty who don't know better. They don't know the place. They have no idea whether these assigned mentors are good or not. What do we do? I was joking. I think it's everybody's job to think that they don't need to rely only on one mentor. They can have as many mentors as they want. And then at the end of the day, decide what's the best for them. So yeah, we should keep those bad mentors on the side too. <laughs> then the, the value of the good mentors <laughs> would be obvious. <laughs> I recall a situation where someone was assigned a mentor and then I mentored the mentor. <laughs> <laughs> mentor and, um, the power of two. It was like, oh, this is weird. But it was interesting. I would sit in on their conversations and hear the mentor tell the mentee certain things. And I could see the mentee making expressions and possibly disagreeing. And sometimes I would pull the mentor on the side and I was like, well, you know, not everybody is receptive to that type of feedback. Maybe you should try a softer landing <laughs> with this particular issue. Or maybe you should ask them when they think they can meet the deadline instead of you saying, I want it done. So it was an interesting dynamic. But because the person respected me, they actually changed a bit. But often there's pushback because it's like, well, I was trained like this. And so this is how I learned. And so you, they need to follow. Like, I turned out okay. I'm like, no, you, you kind of didn't turn out okay. <laughs> That's why I'm telling you not everybody can receive this the way that you think they should. And so sometimes it's our job to help the bad mentors. And I think that's okay. But even that, you have to be selective. You have to, I really do think there's some psychology involved when you do take on trying to remediate a bad mentor if, if that's the uh, best way to describe it so no i don't think we should let them off the hook that's true if we let them off the hook everybody will pretend to be a bad mentor and remove themselves from service 
So last, what would you describe an ideal mentor? What would an ideal mentor look like? So I tell my students all the time that literally your mentors do not need to look like you. So people and even adults think that your mentors should, if I'm a person of color, then your mentor should also be a person of color. Or if you're a woman, your mentor should also be a female. And I don't subscribe to that rhetoric. I think that most people are surprised when I name my mentors and they're surprised because they're like, but you're a black woman. How could this, you know, person give you feedback about what it's like to be a black woman? And, but the thing is not all my advice need to be about <laughs> my experiences as a black woman, because I'm also a scientist. I'm also a physicist. And so there are other types of advice that I need. So I think that when you say what does an ideal mentor look like? I know what they do not need to look like. <laughs> they don't necessarily need to be a black female in science. So first of all, I think it's very important to let our audience know that anyone who has your best interest at heart is an ideal mentor. I 100% agree with that too. I don't look at their gender, their field of study, I just look at them, how genuinely they care about me and how available they are when I need them. And to me, good mentors are like good friends and you don't need necessarily to talk to them every day. But when you even talk to them after five years, it's the same thing and the same caring. I think that it's a good sign of a mentor and they are very selfless. They don't care about themselves through this mentorship or this friendship. They don't need to receive benefit on their end to build this mentor-mentee relationship. I agree with all of you. Two words that I would put into this, being a good mentor, first, you need to be trusted. And second, I think character of caring is really important. If you don't care about a particular uh, mentee, then you shouldn't be their mentor. So you really have to either build up that relationship with the person so that you care about them, you care about their success, then you can be their mentor. So those are the two things that are essential to me in order to build that mentor structure or mentor-mentee relationship. And they are not afraid if you become more successful than them. They would provide the means that they are not fearful and they would help you because they don't see you as a threat. They genuinely care about you. I agree. Wonderful. Well, I thought that was a wonderful discussion to learn about all of our mentorship experiences, being a mentee and being a mentor. Thank you all so much. We hope that our audiences are benefiting from this conversation. If you have more inputs from your own experience, please don't be afraid to send us an email and share your own. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. You can follow us on Facebook and listen to our latest episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or Google Podcasts. If you're interested in being a sponsor, then please contact us at sponsor at thisacademiclife.org. Join us next time for the good, the bad, and the ugly of this academic life.